0: Welcome back to the Encourage Heart Community podcast. Happy Monday. Another week, right? Another start. Let's just get excited about that. You are healthy enough to have pushed play. So God's got a purpose for you today. Let's lean into that. Let's be open to what he has planned for you. And let's be women who try our best to intentionally encourage. I know there are days when I don't feel like Encouraging anybody. <laughs> so this day might be a day when you are the one needing encouragement. And if that's the case, here we are to encourage you. And we just hope that if it works and we get to encourage you and you feel something, you know, positive or inspiring from this podcast, that you would turn around and find a way to pass it on, find a way to encourage her. So welcome back to our series. As you, if you've been listening, you know, we have been talking about the different disciples, the original 12 disciples that Jesus called at the beginning of his ministry. And we've gone through eight of them now. So we are moving into the ninth disciple. And remember a disciple, the word disciple means to be a student or a learner or a follower of God. So these are not perfect people, just like we are not perfect people, but we're actually all called to this purpose to um, follow Jesus, to learn about him, to do our best in our humanness, to exemplify and embody and um, love people the way that he did. And we all fall short of that. But by looking at each of these characters, we can maybe use them as an inspiration or a challenge or an encouragement. So we had talked about Judas um, a few weeks ago with Kelly, my friend, Kelly Master, this was the Judas that is the famous Judas, right? The betrayer, the one who turned Jesus into the authorities and betrayed him. Um, and unfortunately, immediately after felt such guilt after uh, the crucifixion that he committed suicide. So that was the Judas we focused on a few weeks ago. And if you go on Google, if you go on YouTube to do any research on the word Judas and disciple, that's who you'll read about. But guess what? There's another Judas and this Judas's nickname is actually Judas the greater. And we can make some assumptions about that name in and of itself because of what the other Judas did, um, by betraying. And so this Judas we're focusing on today is Judas the greater. So before I start, let me just pray. Dear Lord, thank you again for yet another story of a real person who you chose Let us be inspired and encouraged by this person's life. Um, And we know that they were just human like us. So let us be reminded of that and encouraged to pull something out of this story that will benefit either our walk with you, um, our life mission, our purposes in today, and that it encourages our hearts to keep walking um, by faith and not by sight, right? Thank you, Lord, for all you're doing in your name. Amen. All right. So here we go. We've got Judas a couple of his other names. You see this in the Bible, right? A lot of people have other names, but don't you too? My name's Joanne. I'm often called Joe. Growing up, I was called Jojo. In college, I was called Joe mama at times. So it's not unlike us, right? They have a lot of names and they have nicknames. Um, And then sometimes Jesus even renamed them. So Judas the Greater or Jude or Thaddeus, He was known as as well in the gospel of Mark. He is one of the original 12. So here's some facts about him. One of the original 12, we know that he was at the last supper. He's mentioned in a list um, of many, in many of the gospels in a list of other disciples. And then we don't know much about him after Jesus's ascension. And we, through um, historical evidence, it is thought that he went on to continue preaching as many of the disciples did and he may be, you know, he may have gone to Mesopotamia or Persia. Once, uh, one, um, he did die as a martyr, but two different sources conflicted in which way he died. Um, someone said he died on a cross and arrows were shot at him. And the other person said that he died by an ax. I mean, both pretty gruesome, right? Neither of which we would choose for ourselves. So he died as a martyr. So those are some of the facts that we know about him. We also know that it is um, understood that he wrote the book of Jude, which is at the very end of the Bible, right before Revelations, and it's only two pages. Um, but he is thought to be the writer of the letter of Jude. And then some speculation. It Some sources said that he is the brother of James. And if we believe that he wrote Jude, he actually claims that within the letter, at the beginning of the letter of Jude, It says, Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James. So if we believe that that is true, that he wrote Jude, then he is the brother of James. There's some speculation that he may also be one of the brothers of Jesus as well. So there was a story I read about how James, um, it it was regarding like land and how it's thought that possibly this Judas as a young boy wasn't willing to share with Jesus, whereas James was. So he felt that he couldn't claim to be his brother um, or the brother of God because the way he had behaved again, all speculation, not necessarily in scripture, um, but it is thought that he could have possibly also been a brother of Jesus. Interesting that he doesn't say that though, if he wrote that in Jude. Right. Um, And then I thought it was interesting we see in the Last Supper. Uh, let me see if I can find it really quick. I didn't note it beforehand, but in the Last Supper, which you can find um, the Last Supper story in several of the gospels, it's that moment right before um, Jesus is arrested where he's sitting at the table with all of the disciples enjoying a meal. I just love the vision of that moment of them just kind of kicking back and sitting back together with him, and he's he's foretelling of what will occur, meaning his death. Um, so as I find it, the interesting thing about Judas the greater is he is, it's noted in the Last Supper um, scripture, that he asks Jesus a question. So bear with me, because I want to get the wording right. Okay, let's see. Getting closer. <laughs> um, all right, the last supper. Let's see here. All right, let's see where is it? He asks Jesus a question. And I want to find the question, friends. It doesn't help that I'm partly blind, (laughs) not really blind, but really can't see well is what I mean by that. All right. Well, I wish I could find the exact words and I cannot write at this moment. I do not think. Let me see. Hold on. Let me give me one more second. Just be patient with me, listeners. Thank you so much. Mm -mm. Okay. It's not happening quickly. So I guess I'm just not meant to read it. I guess I'm just meant to say it myself, but that's okay. I always like to honor scripture and give it to you exactly as it says, but that's okay. Thank you for being patient. So Judas um, at the last supper, I'll give you my, my version of the words, but he asks him, why um, will you show yourself to us, but not to the whole world? And Jesus just says like, they will know me you know, they will know. And so it's just, again, foretelling, but he questions Jesus. You know, for me, that scene of him asking Jesus that question, there's obviously a, a comfortability with Jesus to kind of question him. Um, It also leads me to speculate that he's a questioning type person, you know, maybe an out of the box thinker, maybe someone who says, but wait, like, doesn't just take what Jesus says as gold, but he actually kind of presses back and says, you yeah, know, like, why aren't you doing this? Um And, you know, that would almost be like a brotherly relationship. So if, if they were brothers, it makes sense. It's very comfortable. Um, or it could just be his temperament and personality where he just pushes back a little bit and he wasn't doing it in a way that was like defiant or against Jesus's plan, but he's more just inquisitive and asking, you know, well, why tell us and not the whole world? What's, what's the deal? Um, and, you know, Jesus, as we know from many parts of scripture, he welcomes questioning. He doesn't, um, he doesn't condemn us when we question. So I think there's something to be encouraging about that, that God welcomes your questions. You know, he welcomes your rebuttal. <laughs> when he said something in your heart or you feel confused about something going on in your life, you know, you can go through, I've been through grief several times, sudden loss. And I can find myself just like, why Lord? I mean, you know, it's clear that Judas trusted him. It's clear that Judas followed him to the end and beyond. And yet he still asks him questions. And I love that because that's okay. It's okay to ask questions. It's okay to challenge. And yet you still can believe and do those things. Right. And Jesus models that by welcoming that in that scene to me. Um, And again, a lot of that is just speculation. You can almost also speculate. I was writing down here that maybe he's a little more bold. You know, the other disciples didn't ask any questions and he did. So maybe there's a boldness in him, a confidence in him that says, you know, I'm just going to ask this question. You know, I'm, I'm secure enough in myself. I'm going to ask the question. Um, So those are just some kind of fun speculating um, things. And then when we look at the book of Jude, this is what I want to encourage you with today from the words of Judas, the greater himself. From the book of Jude, Um, he talks a whole lot here in the letter of Jude about false prophets, um, false teachers. And he's coming from a place of saying, like, we have the same belief system. He says, beloved, talking to the, the, the reader, although I was very eager to write to you about our common salvation or our common belief in Jesus, I found it necessary to write appealing to you to contend for the faith that was once delivered to all the saints. So the message that was the original message from Jesus to all of us believing, we are referred to as the saints. And he says, I want to remind you that although you once fully knew it, that Jesus who saved the people out of the land of Egypt after destroyed those who did not believe, And the angels who did not stay within their own position of authority, but left their proper dwelling. He has kept in eternal chains under gloomy darkness until the day of judgment. He's talking about fallen angels being controlled and kept away. Just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities, which likewise indulged in sexual immorality and pursued unnatural desire, serve as an example of undergoing punishment. Yet, in like manner, these people also, relying on their dreams, defile the flesh, reject authority, and blasphemy the glorious ones. But when the archangel Michael, contending with the devil, was disputing about the body of Moses, he did not presume to announce a blasphemous judgment. He said, the Lord rebuke you. And he goes on to talk about more people and examples of things that are, you know, ungodly. Blasphemy, sheer darkness, examples of darkness, judgment, um, sinning behavior, even grumblers, he mentions, loudmouth boasters. um, And he just forewarns about listening to other voices. He's calling them false teachers. But he's just warning us, which again, if he's this kind of maybe questioning type personality out out of the box thinker, maybe he himself found himself vulnerable to maybe leaning in at least to listen. And although he also knew the truth, boy, especially if he was the brother of Jesus, right? Imagine the things he saw and he's saying like, look, this other stuff's out there and it's going to be out there until the end time. So we have to be careful. We have to stand upright. We have to be strong and not listen to these voices and then he says here, another warning, and you must remember the predictions of the apostles of the Lord Jesus Christ. They said to you in the last time, there will be scoffers following their ungodly passions. It is these who cause division, worldly people, people devout, devoid of the spirit. So he's talking about like, what will come division will come. There will be scoffers. And people that don't have the spirit in them causing this division and chaos and confusion. And we need to be forewarned about it. So my encouragement through the words and inspiration of the letter of Jude from Judas, the greater would be, what are those voices in your world? Um, these are extreme examples that he's talking about, but those are very real examples in our world. However, what about your world? Like what takes you away from the truth? If you are someone who has found the truth and understands the truth and is trying in your humanness and flawed way to be like Jesus and follow like Jesus and love like Jesus, where does it get weird? What voices are distracting? Are there actual people that are distracting? Is it just a, um, maybe a new way of thinking that's come in that is just not truth? That's confusing you and kind of taking you off track? That's why the Lord says, like, give us this day our daily bread, meaning the word. Every day you need to be in the word to be filled with the truth, to be reminded of what is true, to be reminded of the hope that is to come because the world is dark and there are lots of conflicting and confusing voices. So use Jude's words. Read Jude, get into the, book, the letter of Jude and be reminded not to listen to those voice, those voices and those other truths. And then maybe ask God to show you if you can't think of one right now. Like, I don't know, you know, I feel like I'm pretty solid. I feel like I know the truth. I can't, I can't picture or, um, you know, point to a way that I'm getting off track. Ask him and he'll show you. It might be a littlest thing that you don't even realize is having a huge impact on your heart. All right, ladies, I hope that listening and thinking about Judas the greater this morning, um, encouraged you. That's the whole goal, right? That we all have a tendency to be vulnerable to all kinds of voices. They're everywhere. The world's really, really loud. And he's warning us, Hey, remember what, you know, remember what's been predicted that there will be lots of voices and that we do need to stand firm in our faith so that we can stay grounded in the truth. All right. Love to you all. I hope you have a fantastic week. I hope you get out there today and be that woman that God created you to be a woman who encourages this world, have a fantastic Monday and choose to be a woman who encourages, encourage her her to do the same. Happy Monday. Ladies, I am so honored that you chose to spend some time with me this morning. I hope and pray that the word of God encouraged you and that you feel inspired to now get out into the world and be a woman who chooses to encourage. Remember, Encourage Her is a God-given, purpose-driven ministry. This podcast is for the taking. It's free for the sharing. Please share it with her. Also remember to subscribe. Like and follow us on Instagram at Encourage her for your daily quick encouragements throughout the week. From now till then, stay encouraged and choose to encourage her. I'll see you next Monday. Love to you all.